Hello, out there in podcast land, and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where hosts have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give you our insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host, Adam. I'm joined by Cowboy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> he might always say hi, but when he does, it's just hi. Here we got Maestro. I am one, but also many. Sometimes few, but also some. Plenty. Plenty. You should have said plenty. Oh, Sometimes no. few, but also plenty. That's, ah, that's a snack. It rhymes, dude. That's what that's what rhymes are supposed to do. They're supposed I to I know I was trying rhyme. to rhyme. <laughs> this week we continue our quarantine block of episodes to help us all through these tough times. As you know, movies are not being released, so the usual method of choosing movies has also been quarantined. We've oh been, my lord. We have been lord, choosing movies lord, that we lord. like or movies that are underrated. Uh, last week we had Speed from Hollywood, which he was gracious enough to grace us <sighs> with his presence. That was good times. Uh, Cowboy was not here. So. I'm bummed about that one. It's fine. I watched the movie and everything. Oh. Uh, I'm actually, uh, there was a video also we recorded on that, which may or may not be released at some point. We'll see. Anyway, this week, it's uh, Cowboy's turn to pick a movie. And he has chosen 1989's Glory. This was directed by Edward Zwick. It stars Matthew Broderick, Denzel Washington, Carrie Ellis, Morgan Freeman, and Andre Brower. Ooh, 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 yeah. ooh, ooh, ooh. That's also known as Captain Raymond Holtz. Yes, we have Captain Holtz. We have God. We have, uh, oh no, I forgot Eli. his name. Eli. Bueller. Bueller. And, and Wesley. And? Bueller. Bueller, yes. Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do a synopsis and we'll get into the movie. Robert Goldshaw leads the U.S. Civil War's first all-black volunteer company fighting prejudices from both his own Union Army and the Confederates. Have you ever seen this movie before, Maestro? This is actually the first time I've actually seen it. Mm. Have you heard of this movie before? This is actually the first time I've ever heard of it. Okay. That is the same for me. I had not heard of this, nor had I seen it, until Cowboy brought it to, to us. So, Cowboy, why did you choose this movie? I remember watching this in 1990. Somewhere around there. Okay. Um, it came out late 89, like December 89. So it was still some in theaters. I remember I was like 10 years old. Okay. Yeah. When, when I saw it and, um, I, I just remember how touching it was, you know, how, I don't know. It was weird because how relevant it was as well. You know, how much you don't think of things mm-hmm. or how things were. Um, I, I, I liked war movies, you know, I, I liked watching those types of movies, but there's not a I, I don't know of a lot of Civil War movies. You know, I mean you're gonna get a lot of World War Two movies and, and stuff like that, but a Civil War movie and uh, I don't know, I mean the names of the people that were in it kind of drew me to it. Right. When I you know, I mean you've heard of those people, you know, Morgan Freeman, Matthew Broadway, Denzel Washington, you know, I mean but I'll be quite honest with you, watching it again today. It's weird. I think I wept more today watching it than I did when I was 10 years old watching it. And I think mm. maybe it's the relevancy of it or maybe my emotions not changed but developed over time. When I was a kid, you know, I watched it. I thought it was a cool movie, but I didn't grasp the absolutely the the tone of the movie. It was a war movie, you know? Yeah. 
but knowing more, knowing now more about history, it's like, and then I'm even like reading the stuff after, you know, and it's based off of two novels and the actual letters of Robert Shaw. Okay. So when he was narrating and reading a letter to his family, those were actual transcripts of his letters. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I did not have that trivia either. Damn it. Well, if it's, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I may be assuming that, but if it's based off his letters, mm-hmm. wouldn't you think it prudent to yeah. take portions of his letters and that's what he's reading? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, absolutely. All right. So, but, uh, but then it throws me that why wasn't that in trivia? Oh, well, there's, there's always a lot of trivia, and trivia has become my favorite part of this whole show, so I overload it. But even then, I don't. I, I'm not able to read through all of the trivia, so maybe it was down there. I just didn't get to that part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, all right, so let's uh, thoughts about the movie. As, if we were walking out of the theater, it, by the way, this movie was re-released. I think in 2019, if I recall correctly from my research, it, it came back to theaters for a little bit. Uh, didn't do so well for some reason. And anyway, let's pretend it's been released in theaters again. We just went to go see it in the theaters, walking out of the theater. What do you What do you want to talk about? What's the first thing The first thing that you would say about the movie exiting the theater? Um, the first thing I had to say was I was really taken aback by the beginning of the film. The beginning of the film, including how they showed how people presented arms instead of actually shooting, what the what the the battle looked like. Even though I know that the cannons would never have gotten that close to explode, but still. Um, it was for a 1989 film. This is quite, um, I'd say it's right up the alley for the nineties kind of like gore. Gore. What do you mean? You remember the beginning of the film where they saw the guys like head explode. Oh, right. Yeah. You saw where the guys losing their legs and stuff like that. Okay. The kind of like quality of like the loss of limb, the showing of how people's like really expressed their discomfort and pain during the beginning of the wars. Yeah, and and it was it it was really they did they tried at at that time they tried not to steer the the steer away from I would say the realism but I would also concern myself by saying that the film had portrayed what type of things that people took for granted back in those days comparatively to what. It, other people did not take for granted. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say the focus was less on the war part of it, more on the story of what they were yeah. trying to tell. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, thinking about it, as far as the, the war scenes, they, they, they didn't seem very graphic to me, especially by today's standards. Uh, war movies now, you, you'd see people cut in half and intestines spilling out, and it's it's almost to the point where it's uh, it's off-putting uh, to some people. I, I, I couldn't go to see a, a current-day war movie with my girlfriend. She would be not looking at the screen half the time uh, because it's too much emphasis on that thing. But I think what this movie did very well was tell the story. The war, the war is a big part of it, but it also for this movie, it's really not. The, the, the war is kind of it, – it's happening in the background. It's not what the movie's about. It's more about the people and the journey that the people are on, which was what's a good one. The, the Walking out of the theater, the first thing I would say is why the hell – was Inspector Gadget the lead for this movie? Ah. Well, if you look at the actual picture of the character that plays the real person, yeah, 
very similar, my friend. That that was going to be in trivia. That he bears a striking resemblance to the actual Robert Shaw. But I, it, it's it was very hard for me to believe him in this role. The then, whole- then, then the thing is, is this movie came out way before Inspector Gadget. Right, but it came out after Ferris Bueller. So it's it's kind of it, it's still you, you see Ferris Bueller and then you see this guy, they could not be further apart as far as as far as people. Uh, and, yeah, and that was another interesting thing because uh, seeing these all these guys that are in this movie or most of them, they now have gone on to do comedic type of things, and this is a very serious role for them. Uh, I mean, uh, besides Denzel, uh, Denzel has done a lot of serious acting and some on the verge of. One-liner type funny. Yeah, he did. I think it was called Two Guns with Mark Wahlberg, where it was a yeah, yeah. That was that was a fun movie. Yeah, it was a fun movie. But then you know he's notorious for doing these. I wouldn't say controversial, but these these films like Fences. Um, you know, uh, was was he in? Um, he was Malcolm um, X. What's that? He was Malcolm X. Yeah, uh, I mean he's done Training a lot day, of American these. Gangster. Training Day, American Gangster. Yeah. Remember the Titans? Was he in that? Yes, he was. Book of Eli. Book of yeah. Eli. Yeah. He, he's, Book of Eli. He's generally a very serious character. That is, yeah. uh, he's got something, not not to prove, but he's he's all, all the characters are very deep characters. It's not just the surface. Oh, yeah. Who's this one? Who's this guy? Oh, he does this one thing. No, no. There's a whole story behind every character I've seen him play. And he's so damn good at it. Yeah, absolutely. He portrays it so well, and it's so believable. Yeah. It was it was it was weird seeing him in, in this. Well, first of all, seeing how young everybody is, that was kind of weird. <laughs> uh, e- even though they all also haven't aged much, they they don't look too different from how they looked in this movie. But they do. There's a sense of wow, this is this is young, which yeah. I, I know is contradictory, but goddamn it, it makes sense in my brain. <laughs> no, you, you can you can sense the difference in age, but the way they've changed over the years does not seem like they've aged badly. Okay, perfect. Very good. Thanks, Maestro. You're welcome. All right. Yeah, I just okay. So Matthew Broderick, I, I couldn't take him seriously throughout most of the movie. Not not until like the very end, like the 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 very the penultimate scene uh, where they're about to go and they're showing. All right, we're about to storm the beach or whatever. Not until that moment did I like look at him and be like, "All right, I see you. You're cool." But do you think maybe the reason why is that's the reason why? Because at the beginning, he was considered something of a coward. He got nicked, and then he just decided to keel over at the beginning of the film. Right. And then later on, he spent this entire time with this new regiment and tried to, and basically grew as well as a person, not let, let alone as a commanding officer. But I. I, yeah, I you, you, oh, go ahead. You do, see, you do see the tremendous growth in Shaw throughout the movie. Yes. See, I don't, and, and you can don't see know. the internal battles too. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but you see the internal battles, like when he was presented. No, cut him off, cut him off. When he was, <laughs> when he was, you know, somebody goes, "Hey, congratulations!" He's like, "Well, that's only because all the other officers are dead." You know, he he knew he probably shouldn't be in that role mm-hmm. because he's only there because all the other officers got killed in battle uh, during that 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 scene where he laid down and. You know, was found alive, and then he becomes, yeah, passed out, and then he becomes colonel, and then he's given this opportunity, and his his friend, his best friend, who becomes his uh, uh, major for this regiment, uh, 
he's talking to him out there, you know, uh, by the white picket fence and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're not seriously considering doing this, are you? And that's where he has the epiphany. He's like, yeah, why not? You know, that's where you start seeing the growth. You know, it's almost like he felt that he owes it to him after what he just did on the previous battlefield. Yeah. Like he has to do this to, to not to reinvent himself because I don't think it's so much about him. It's so much about how he feels for what he did that he owes it to them. Yeah. The, I mean, in this entire film, there's a lot of growth for everybody. I did like how Holt had grown a lot in that film as well. <laughs> because if you look at the very, remember the very beginning, he was the what was the was the sergeant major. The, who which one was the one that was uh, calling him Boyo and trying to basically beat beat him down because he wasn't like keeping up with everybody. Yeah, he was the uh, the sergeant. Oh damn it, sergeant major, sergeant right. major Hendrick or. Yeah, oh, I was like right, that. right? He, he was the boot camp guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically the uh, the army hammer yeah. of this movie. Um, you remember, the, the, this one thing I really liked about this film was that one, one line that he said. He says, don't you think that you're taking it a little bit hard on these people? Don't you think that they um, – the, the, or, or, or what is it? And then he's – basically he goes about this like, don't you think you're doing a little bit hard on these yeah. guys? I mean, like, come on, right? And then the the sergeant major goes like, "For your friend, yeah, this is a friend of yours. Tell him you, to, you grew tell up with to, him, right? T- yeah, you grew up with him, right? It's like, yeah. Tell him to keep on growing up. Yeah, don't you think he has or something more like to do? Or tell him to keep you, growing. Yeah, something like that. Because the point about it is, is he's. I. It's hard to say, but to me, it, it was showing me him that if you want him to survive this battle you have to make sure that he's strong enough to handle the, the pains of war. Right. And it felt like you could see it happening in the la- the next like two scenes, how Holt was about to ready to give up, how he was feeling like he was just like crying and everything like that. And then I was a little bit torn between what he said, what, what, uh, what Bueller said to him too. I mean, what kind of stuff he was saying? Cause it was like, you, you're his friend, but you're also now his commanding officer. So you have to take a stand on which pl- which part you're going to play with him. Yeah, see, but this, this goes back to my, my whole complaint with, with Broderick in, in the entire movie. I, I can never tell what why he's doing what he's doing. In, in mm-hmm. the beginning, he's he's a coward, right? He, he gets nicked, he falls down, and then he's presented this opportunity to uh, to lead all these people and do all these things. In that moment, I can't tell whether he's uh, happy or scared of doing it. And if so, for what reasons? I, honestly, at one point I thought, does he not like black people, but he's doing this because he has got to prove himself still? Well, that's no. the thing. He's yeah. got friends that are black people. So I know. it's not the problem. Yeah. I understand, it's, but, but it, that, that's, it was lost for me. The, the, the way he was acting and, and the, the faces he was making was, what, is he, what, what are you trying to communicate right now? I, I don't understand. You're, you didn't – I don't – I don't think you were reading it right because in, in scenes, um, I I understand why you're confused. I I really do because you can see in his face, the internal struggles that he's has going on. He went through West point. He went through the training. He became a soldier, then an officer. So he knows how, 
people are treated in boot camp and training at West Point and all this other stuff. Yeah. And in, in, in his mind, he's having a internal battle of, I, I owe it to these guys to treat him the same way I was treated or other soldiers were treated going through training and, and what, what now they call boot camp and stuff like that to prepare them. And the internal struggle is, but I see people I know that I care about. So it's almost like he's trying to stomach doing what the training group, the drill sergeants and stuff did in his training at West Point. But then he has that internal struggle. Of, I have to, you know, and then you see his development, his growing throughout the whole movie. You know, he's going back and forth trying to get them shoes, you know, and he gets to a point after um, Denzel Washington character get uh, tries to defect or claims to be caught defecting oh, and yeah, running des- away. Deserter, yeah. And he and he gets whipped or I don't know what they, they call it. It's flogged. not an actual whip, clogged or flogged. whatever. Flogged. flogged. So he gets he gets flogged and then he goes to uh Morgan Freeman's character and goes, Hey, uh I'd like to have a talk with you every once in a while on the guys, you know, and, and Morgan Freeman's just standing there at attention, not even paying any attention to him. So you think now as Matthew Broderick walks away or Colonel Shaw, he's like shoes, you know, they need shoes. He's like, I'm trying. I've been pleading. He's like, no, they need them now. And he shows him his feet, the, the soldier's feet and everything. Then he starts getting the grasp of how serious it is. And then the next scene, you know, uh, well then Morgan Freeman goes, he wasn't leaving. He was going to find a pair of shoes. Right. You know, and then he starts realizing, fuck. you know, then he takes some guys and he goes and gets the shoes and stuff like that. So I think at that moment, he starts to feel and not a connection, a camaraderie with his troops. Like these guys are relying on me. Yeah, I need I need to show them that I am valuable enough to rely on. Right. Yeah. And. Uh, his whole journey, he, he does grow, and I, by the end especially. In fact, the, the thought that I had about does he not like black people, that was, it was fleeting because I couldn't read his face. Every time he oh. had that conflict on his face, it was, I know you're confused and conflicted, but about what and in which direction are you conflicted? It, it was not clear to me. It, I think it, the it, reason why is because it's not just one thing, Adam. Yeah, but I, I I need more from you as a character to show me things. Like when, when Denzel, when he's his when he has a face on, you know exactly what he's trying to communicate to you With, through through his face. You can see like, okay, he's angry about this, but he's like uh, the, the the whole flogging scene when he's being hit. There's 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 anger, uh, but there's also uh, a like, disappointment. D- yeah, d- disappointment, but also strength. <laughs> a lot of emotions are coming through from that one face that he's a, making. A lot of you're not going to break me. Right. You're not going to. You think this is doing something, but it's not going. It's not affecting me. And then you see that tear starting to roll down. And then he's it, it, at first he's taking it like a tough man. You know, you're you're not going to break me. You're not going to break me. Then the tear starts rolling. And like the last two hits, you see his lips quiver in like grimacing pain. You know. And he's just taken it. And, and that's exactly like, what I mean. For, just from a very simple facial reaction, you can get a giant range of emotions, which I don't think Broderick is able to command. That, that, well, that's, that's the main thing Broderick's I'm saying. never been able to show facial emotions very much to begin with. I mean, you saw his faces in every film he's been in. It's always been that look of surprise slash confusion. <laughs> but does. I think that's the reason why he's taken to this position 
because that's not everything that this this person that portrays in this film is nothing but surprise and confusion at the beginning. It's it's complete know. internal struggle on everything on life. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't know why he's here because first of all he feels bad because he he like he laid down in the middle of battle. He shouldn't be there. Then he's given a platoon that he doesn't that he knows well that should never see battle. Yet he's lying to their faces saying they will. Then he says then he talks to the people that he's around saying how demeaning these people are. Then he sees how these people aren't going are still being considered unequal because of the amount of pay, this difference, the, oh. the type of the type of clothing is different and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. he finds a way. I know that it's hard to show with his face, but it's in that kind of situation. There's just so much engulfing him with what's going on. I don't think he could actually express anything more than anger, if anything else, after what he's shown already. I don't know. I, I just think that there could have been a better choice as somebody that could show more range. What, Bill Murray? Uh, oh, that would have been interesting. <laughs> All right. No, but Gary Oldman. That's oh. my choice. <laughs> uh, don't steal my I would answer. Actually, actually, I would have, I would have chosen uh, Gary Oldman for that one. Yeah. We'll get to that later on. Fair uh, enough. The, the, but I do want to talk about you. You mentioned the uh, the no pay. Yeah. That that was an interesting scene to me because Why? I didn't fully understand and it, it, it was just oh. I, I i paused and I, I was talking to annie like wait a second okay okay first of all the, the, the way the scene breaks down they're getting they're about to get paid roderick comes out and says hey remember when we said you guys are gonna get paid a regular wage turns out because you're black you're gonna get less so go collect your checks and then they all start the, getting all bar yeah well the the point behind that is the three-fourths rule back then was basically they only three-fourths a man for the vote and the pay is very similar because what it did was it freed the slaves, but did not create them equal. That's what it did. Yeah, no, that's not the part that I'm confused about. Okay, then what are you confused about? The, the part that I'm confused about is by the end of it, all, all the uh, all, all the military people, the, the the black people, are kind of saying this is not fair, this is not right. Tear up your yeah. checks, everybody! Tear up your checks. And then Broderick comes out and says, "If you're not going to get paid, neither will I." And he tears up his check and acts of solidarity. Yeah. yeah, good moment. Dang. But. They're choosing to protest, so they're all basically working for free now. Yes. No, they're not working for free. They're fighting for freedom. F- okay. They're fighting for freedom, and Colonel Shaw didn't make that rule that they weren't going to get full pay. Right. It was, it was from the higher-ups. It was from the higher-ups, and he announced it, and when they started reacting that way, he realized, you know what? Fuck it. I'm fighting for them. I'm going to stand with them. Understood. You know, I, I understand they're, all they're, they're not going to work for these slave wages is what they said in, in that scene because it was. They weren't getting as paid paid as much as a white man, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? I'm standing. I think that was a pivotal moment. And you saw the look in Morgan Freeman's face when he looked up at Colonel Shaw. That was a pivotal moment where they knew – our, our colonel's on our side. He's going to fight for us. And then in that same scene, at the end of it, he hands them, two of them, their uniforms. Right. They finally got uniforms. Yep. Yeah. I feel it- like the whole point behind this was simply 
equality. Yeah. But that being set aside, Adam, what were you confused about? It's it's the the act of it. The we're you you want to pay us less? Fuck that. We're going to get paid nothing. It it, it seems going in a, in a weird direction. Well, I'm okay. not taking these slave wages. Well, you're taking but, nothing. I so see, that is that is more accurately slave wages than a, a pay decrease. Okay, I see where you're going at. I think the reason why is this. They decided to not get paid, not because of the, the monetary amount, but because it wasn't considered equal. Because they were willing to fight for free to begin with. They were willing to do this because they wanted to make a difference. Now, they didn't want to do it on their terms. Because they are free men now, they want to make sure that they're, they at least feel that freedom, even though they're not given the same quality of money, life, and stuff like that. Because to them, the freedom itself to make that choice far exceeds the monetary value which they were given. And the camaraderie for Broderick's version of uh, cutting up his own check was because he didn't believe that these people were any less equal than he was. And he wasn't going to stand for it as well. And he was willing to fight for them for them, not because he was paid to be there. I understand. I I, I just feel like uh, maybe this is just my uh, struggling youth of never having a lot of money. Uh, to, to to pass on money, like, no, 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 this is not fair. I'm going to fight to get those extra $2. But until then, I'm going to take this 10 and I'm going to make sure I get those other two later. Well, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like, logically, that makes sense. I mean, if you're taking it from a place out of emotion, that makes perfect sense, Adam. Right. The problem yeah. is, is that these people have lived their lives without money to begin with. They know how to survive. And here they are, here they are part of the 54th, and they're given the meals. They don't have to buy the meals. They're, they're being taken care of. They've got shelter to sleep under and stuff, and they're learning all this stuff. So uh, the pay, they, they didn't join the 54th. They didn't volunteer because of the pay. They volunteered because they wanted to fight for their rights. So – them tearing up those checks and saying, fuck you guys, we're not taking your crappy little slave wage was their way of protesting. But they still needed and wanted to fight for their rights. Okay. The money itself was not the value. That's yeah. the main concern. And, and that's what I'm struggling with. I, I, it's something I, I can't get past. I, I, I'm not in these, these people's shoes, so I don't understand it as, uh-huh. as well as, as they do, obviously. I'm just – my brain goes to, what? That's bullshit give me those $10 and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to get my other two later on. No, but see, check that out. I mean, like the person in the film, the one that that can shoot well, thought the same way you did. 10 bucks is a lot of money, right? Yeah. That's the, all that's what, that's what that guy thought. But you see, the point is they said that specifically for you. Oh, because you obviously think the same way he does. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, as as uh, not always having a lot of money, I want to take anything that I can as much as, of course. as much as possible. Of course, I, I don't I'm like. Of course, taking it, it means taking taking the money means 
uh, easier life for you in some shape, way, or form. Right. It may not be the best, may not be the equal one, but it's better than what you have now. Yes. And that's what you're taking in. And I get that. But my point is this, is like, they're, ver- they're, they, they're saying to you that, yes, it might help, but it's like putting a little Band-Aid on a severed limb. It's not. It's going to help for a little bit to stop whatever blood coming through. Yeah. But it's not going to stop what it. Not going to stop the inevitable death that you're going to have. Okay. What, What's going to stop it is finishing what you started before you can get to the hospital. What What this also brings up uh, to prove. I was going to make this statement already, but this kind of also cements that I would be a horrible soldier. I I could not. I could not fight in a war like this. I the, the conviction that these men have and they show in this movie. No. I don't know that I would be able to have. Yeah, you could. No, especially towards the end when they realize we we need a regiment to go in first and you are most likely all going to die. Yes. And then be like, pick us. We got it. Like, what? No. Inevitable death? You're going to volunteer for that? Are you kidding me? I, 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 I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying, Adam, because I think if you were faced with the same dilemma these guys were faced with and it was fight or just be beaten and and go back to being a slave and being treated like shit. I I know your heart, you would find a way to fight. But if you're saying that, I don't even think you would have gotten to the battlefield. You would have gotten as far as in this movie where the Confederacy sent a notice saying that any (laughs) black man fighting for the union was going to be captured and put back into slavery. If they were wearing a uniform, they were going to be shot immediately. You would have been the one saying, fuck it. I'm gone in the morning. You know, discharged, (laughs) you know, and and run away somewhere in the North (laughs) where you wouldn't become a slave. That no, I don't believe that part of it. I I, I would have been the one of the guys to stay for sure, B- because my 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 sense of duty uh, in, in in that case would overwhelm it. Like yes, there's a chance. Should I get caught? Should we die? Should we get captured? Yes. If I will take that chance because what I believe in is more important. But when it comes down to a 99 percent chance you will die, I'm gonna take the uh, the one percent. I don't want I don't want to die. Let somebody well, else volunteer first. I'll go second take- if I have to. If you're going to take the choice to stay there and the, the the determining factor was there's a note saying if you get captured in a uniform, you were going to die, then there's still an overwhelming chance of you dying because you're, you're going to be in a uniform fighting for the union. And See, so then and there, the chance of dying is already there. So here's a good question. Since Adam brought it up, what – Let's because let, we already know Adam's stance on it, so we can go into talk to him about it. But oh. Cowboy, <laughs> if you were put into this situation where you had the choice to join the join a militia or an army regiment or not, but you, how far would you go for your beliefs? I'd die. Yeah, yeah. It, it depends on the situation, though. Well, I, I'm putting myself. Inevitable. I'm I'm putting myself in the context of these guys. Mm-hmm. If it was something like that worth fighting for, hell yeah, I'd die for it. You know, I yeah. I if it was you know something meaningless, then no. I mean, come on. Of course, but I, I this just, this was their this was their life, their freedom, their 
God-given right to be equal, to be treated, you know, not as slaves. I mean, shit, they didn't ask to be slaves. They got taken. Right. I just, I'm having a hard time putting myself in those shoes, I, I guess is what it comes down to. I, I, I can't imagine a world where that was me, which, which I think is the, the biggest problem with society and all things is it's not happening to me. Therefore, I don't, it's not a big deal. I, I'm trying to put myself in those shoes and it, it, it's hard for me. And I, I, can, I know enough to know that I don't understand it. I, couldn't, I can't imagine what they, what they had gone through. So I'm not going to try to speak up for them uh, because I, I can't. I can't. I can't see your side. I, I I want to learn as much as possible, but the the what they have gone through, I will never fully understand, and I can never fully put my head in that mindset. So I mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I would act in that situation. I I, yeah. I I would think I would be terrified as shit. Yeah. Oh well, that's that's the thing. I I would be terrified. Don't get me wrong. If you look at the face of these black soldiers in the 54th when they went to their first battle you saw the terror in their eyes you saw how scared they were but when battle rang out they rose up to the i would i don't want to say occasion but you know the battle and did what they had to do because at that point they don't have a choice it's fight or flight mm-hmm. you know you're, you, you've gone this far. It's either you or me. Because if I run away, I know I'm probably going to get killed. Right. For being, for, or, or at the, the least flogged, you know? Yeah. But. Here, here's, what I, here's what I can say. Uh, and I'm sure there's problems with me using this analogy. Uh, but. Here we go. <laughs> there's, there's a movie with Mel Gibson. Uh, it's, it's called The, the Patriot. Instantly, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm trying to find a connection here, and, and I have to go from black to white in order for this to work. But ouch! In in the Patriot, his family is taken from him, and then he goes and he basically starts a revolution, and he's willing to go towards <laughs> start the revolution to, to, to death, whatever. In that instance, that I can relate to. If something happens to my family, I don't give a shit about anything else. I will go. In that instance, I would go to the front of the lines, no matter what. Okay, that, so let me rephrase this then. Yeah. Some of these people that are in the regiment are family members. Mm-hmm. They have family. Right. Morgan and Freeman Morgan left his family in the South. Right. So basically, to go north and fight for them. Yeah, it, it just, I guess what, what I'm, I'm basically trying to say is as far as fighting for, the, for freedoms is different for me than fighting for my family. Because my freedoms, my, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. My, my freedoms have never been threatened to this degree, so as, oh, okay. that's why I, I can't relate to it at the, as the way that they can. I can relate to it as far as family because that's something that is very close to me. Now, okay. to, I, I, I'm assuming to them it's the same as it is for me for family, and I, I applaud that. And I wish I, I had that dedication for other things in my life besides my family. Would but, you die for me, Adam? Uh, but. Mm, Next question. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I don't. First I don't, of all, if, if, I don't think you understand, Adam. They are fighting for their family. Understood. Hold on. If, if my show died in any situation, I've already been dead for years. Okay, There's, I'm never going to be able to protect you. If it comes out to me protecting you, we're both dead. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry, cowboy. They are fighting for their families. Yes, it's true. They're fighting for their 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 life and their family's life. 
because what they were what they were in and and here's the thing i understand i can't be i can't know or imagine what they've gone through but that doesn't mean i can't be empathetic to it mm-hmm. yeah and and i think that's the part of, part and parcel of the problem with today's society they can't see themselves in that situation they can't imagine it so therefore they think they can't be empathetic no i'm i'm totally empathetic i just if i i i don't have the amount of strength and courage that they have is what i'm basically saying they they are they are much better people than uh-huh. I am, and I'm glad there's people that are better than me that are going to fight these kinds of wars because I I don't know if I'd be able to. Oh, don't don't worry too much, Adam. I mean, some, I mean, I I get you're self deprecating right now, man. <laughs> I get it, but think of it this way, bro. I mean, these guys they're doing everything you said you would do. The only difference is that they consider the person next to them, family. And the person next to them, family. That's the only difference. By the way, it was in the scene where they were singing before they went to uh, the battle of the Fort Wagner. Um, They kind of pushed Denzel Washington's character to get up there and say, and he's like, I I don't have any family. You guys are my family. Yeah. You know, you you guys, you're the only family I know. So, yeah, I'm going to fight for you guys. Cuz he he didn't give a shit about himself. No. You know, he cared about everybody else. The 54th was his family. And then even even before that scene he told uh Colonel Shaw, "Nah, I, I don't want to bear your colors. I don't want to I don't want to carry your flag. I don't want to carry it. You know, I'm I'm not here fighting for you." That was You know. Yeah. And then, you know, the battle scene, the flag's on the floor, uh, and who picks up the flag and grabs it and starts carrying it? Denzel Washington's God damn character. It. So many feels. So many feels. Yeah. Because the thing about it is, is Adam, is that it's not it, – it, they feel the same way you do. They wouldn't – most of these people wouldn't go out there just to die. Because of their uh, feeling of equality, because they would, because they feel like they need to be equal or free, they're saying this because they want them and their family to be free. They want them, and I mean, it's just like it's, imagine it this way: you you put your daughter into a high school mm-hmm. that doesn't allow you them to, doesn't allow them to see you for like four years. All right. Now they're saying that four years turns to eight. Yeah, that would be. Problematic. And now, huh? And that'd then now they're problematic. saying that you'll never see them again. All right, all right. Let me. Uh, I'll be the first one over that ridge. Then, if, if there we the- are, and there we have it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I understand it. And I, it's just what I keep saying is I they they're better people than I am. Whereas I, I they're fighting for something they believe in, and if I was put in that situation, I I would hope. I would hope that I would have the same feelings. That's the thing. I, I, th- I feel like I know you and know well enough to know that if you were put in the same position, you probably would do the same thing. I hope so. Come on. <laughs> Give yourself some credit. Yeah. I, I, all right. Sure. When have I ever seen you run? Um, yeah, it's hard to find, huh? There, uh, 
There was a time where I accidentally pissed you off very badly, uh, in which I was terrified. We were paintballing. And but you didn't run. I, <laughs> you're right. No, I stood there and soiled myself. <laughs> but I, I'm guessing, I guess what I'm trying to say is you're not a runner in a sense. It's like you won't flee. Right. So think of it this way. You're cool. Right. <laughs> it's <laughs> all right. <laughs> this, is, this is not about that uh, trying to uh, dig for compliments here. It, it's, it's mostly I, I want to give props to the way that these men acted and behaved. And oh, honor yeah. In which they definitely. had. Yeah. It's, it's of the highest caliber. It's, it's huge. Yeah. It, it, these, it's crazy. These men, yeah, these men showed like the essence of, of courage, leadership, like togetherness, everything. They they portrayed everything that is good about people, and yeah. they fought for that that goodness. Absolutely. And even uh huh. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't. I thought you were done. Oh, don't worry. Just go ahead. No, I mean it's it's portrayed it in the movie several times throughout the whole movie. Um, I don't know if you remember the scene where that one white regiment was walking towards the mm. beaches and yep. they were doing some some stuff and they got in a little scuffle and the major comes up and goes, you know, you're you're going to be reprimanded. And then Morgan Freeman goes, no, 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 no. This is just a little soldier scuffle. We're good, you know. Yeah. And he looks at him and they walk away. That guy was the one yes. when they were marching to the beach that goes, give him hell, 54. That's right. You know, he was like, man, the, even even around them, they were making such change, uh, such change in people. Because here's the thing. Up until then, these people probably didn't have a lot of interaction with colored people, black people, Negroes, yeah. however they mentioned them in the movie. You know, yeah, what, they hadn't he, had any any interactions with them. They didn't know them. That's what Barbara says at the beginning. In one of his letters, he says, we haven't seen many Negroes up until this, this point. Yeah. I mean, he had his friend Thomas, right. but his friend Thomas was so, excuse Captain me, Hall. white. <laughs> yeah. And Denzel gives him shit for that also. He's, yeah. he's basically whitewashed. What, your you fancy know, clothes. So, so you you see it affecting everybody else, you know, and this guy was affected by the um, compassion that Morgan Freeman had for no 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 don't don't punish him. Yeah. It was just a disagreement before between soldiers. They went on, he remembered that, and he saw him and he's like, Give him hell fifty four. Yeah. What I'm In interested support. about yeah. No, I was just saying it was in support. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that that was a, one of those also kind of feels moments was like, oh, that was that douchebag earlier. Now we got you. You're on our side now. <laughs> oh, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Turns out we're not just crazy monkeys. We're we were making a fucking difference, you bastard. And he, he saw it and he recognized it. And that was a nice moment. Yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like in, a, in all in all, like he was worried, like uh, Inspector Gadget was worried that everyone in the he wasn't ready to didn't understand his regiment and when it came down to it at the very end he found out that they were just the same as him right there was no difference actually i, I would go as far as to say he thought they were better than other people oh they, yeah they they fought harder they they were more they had more conviction than, than any other uh, i think he even says it than, than the white regiments these guys have more compassion they more, have power, more heart more hearts yes everything they they fight yeah, better than, more, than anybody else 
after a, a yeah. couple of weeks training, they're already better off than other other regiments. Yeah. When they, well, and that also has to do with the way they were trained because you saw that other regiment that they went to that uh, when they were in the south with that other black regiment and they went to a town to go see if there was any supplies. Yeah. yeah. The way that colonel ran his um, black regiment. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't treat them. That is see, and that's the thing. Colonel Shaw was trying to get them trained like he got trained, giving them the same respect he got when he was training to be a soldier. And this other colonel had zero compassion for his 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 black uh, soldiers. He had zero regard for them. He's like, look. They're just freaking animals, man. You just got to let them be animals and, yeah. and, you know, tame the animal and they'll do what you got to do. And Matthew Broderick is like, nah, I'm treating them as people. They're men. They're soldiers. I want them to be prepared. And then you cut to the scene where he volunteers to be the first regiment to attack Fort Wagner. It had nothing to do with, you know, hey, you know, I got a bunch of colored people. We can lose them. And that's not going to matter. <laughs> I was worried that that's how it's going to be taken. No, he knew because he got to know his soldiers. Yeah. They wanted to fight. And Absolutely. he knew that with their conviction and their heart and their wanting to fight and for the cause and everything that they were going to give him hell. Absolutely. And they that's all they wanted. And, and they even said it in a scene. All we want is a chance to fight. When are we going to get our chance to fight? Right. That's what we signed up for is our chance to fight. Our, we didn't sign up to be the freaking manual labor. Like all these other higher ups in the union were saying, do you think they're ever going to see battle? I don't know. It's kind of crazy if you think they're ever going to be on the battlefield. Right. And that's when Roderick, you know, had the... Uh, uh, epiphany of realizing that fuck I've been naive yeah. now I need to make sure my guys see battle I need to make sure my guys get what they signed up for yeah I, I don't think he realized he was going to be a babysitter when he first signed up for it I, I think he thought they were going to actually see battle and then once he realized no no you just got to babysit them and so so we look good as a union yeah we got black folks once he realized oh that's it that's all I'm doing fuck that we're taking the yeah. battle where we need to take it. And that was, it was nice. Uh, there, there are two more points I want to bring up before we move on to the rest of the game. Uh, they're not as deep as, as these, so we can get past them pretty quick, I think. Uh, it, was, it was weird to, for me to see the interaction between the uh, different ranks in the officers. That when somebody stepped out of line, or rarely stepped out of line, like, excuse me, this is a commanding officer you're talking in front of, and salutes and whatnot. And it, mm-hmm. it was it was there's a lot more respect between the ranks that it was jarring to me to see because in today's world nobody respects authority. <laughs> so a colonel says, "Do this." What? Why I gotta do that? I'm not doing that. Fuck that. That's somebody else's job. Nope. You s- snap to it and you get to doing whatever you're supposed to be told to do. You may be angry about it, but you're gonna do it. like. And this happened between uh, uh, Broderick and um, and and Ellis. Uh, his 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 uh, commanding officer friend guy, yeah. When he that disagreements, the man like, in tights guy, the what? The man in tights guy. Yes, yes. Uh, Wesley uh, from uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts. He would just come up and be like, uh, "That's bullshit. Uh, this is not right." Hey, do what you got to do. Yes, sir. You got it. And he went to do it. It, it. it was weird to see people snap to attention. Like, oh, my boss said to do this. I will do it. 
it's, it's rare to me in these times for somebody yeah. to just take a order and do it without being like, what? No, fuck that. I'm not doing it. Make somebody else. A lot of, a lot of that, a lot of that comes from the training, man. Yeah. It's just, it, it was, yeah. it was, it was nice to see that. Like, yeah, there was a time where people got respect for being in respectable positions. That, that was just kind of cool for me to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Oh, this one might be a little bit uh, longer. The, the, we, we talked about it briefly already, but when Denzel did desert to go find shoes and came back, and the punishment was flogging, that, that was a hard scene for me to watch. It, it was tough because, especially after they took off Denzel's shirt, you see all the lashes on his back that he has been whipped before. And this is what, this is what uh, Carrie Ellis was saying. You don't have to do this. I agree with him. You don't have this. There could be a different way to do it, to to enact punishment in that way, especially in this regimen. That that has to be horrible for morale. To to see a, a colored person getting basically whipped in front of everybody else that has obviously been whipped before, that's not going to encourage the people around you to stay behind you. Yeah, I know. It was, it was it was just tough. I I I was picturing, I was hoping, and I was crossing my fingers when that scene happened that Broderick was going to bring Denzel over to the side, explain to me what happened, tell me why you did what you did, and it'd be a conversation, and then get to a resolution of understood. Don't do yeah, that again. He, well, yeah, I know, but like see, that's I think what he was the the pain he was going through, not the pain, but that's the that's what he was thinking. Also, I mean. He could have done that as well. I mean, Ellis was thinking the exact same thing. I mean, you don't have to do this. This is not something you have to do because, A, this is something that they've been growing up with as a punishment. And, B, the the level of strictness that that Roderick was pulling was – well, Ellis didn't believe that basically they were going to see light of day probably for fight two. And I think that's another reason why he's saying, you don't have to do this. This is not worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. But because the thing about it is, is these, um, these acts that, uh, that, that Broderick does in the entire film, he says, I feel like he's saying, this is what equality looked like for soldiers. Oh, interesting. Not for, it's not for the color of your skin, not for anything else other than what you are as a soldier. But do you think the other men in the company saw it the same way? Oh, hell no. I, I believe that a lot of them thought exactly what you were thinking in the very beginning. I mean, come. I mean, the majority of the people here were saying, you know what? This is fucked up. We 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 lived like this where we got in trouble, we got flogged. Now we're in now we're free men and we're still getting flogged. Yeah. And, and then I, I fast that. forward you I fast forward you to the scene where Denzel Washington uh was having a spat with somebody and Morgan Freeman called him out. Oh yes. Also powerful. And that was such a powerful scene. He's basically, you know, <laughs> you're calling all these people this N-word. But what are you doing? 
What? 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 What are you doing? What, what are you here fighting for? What do you? Well, if you're gonna call anybody that, you the N word. You know, it's right. like that was such a powerful scene, and you saw the look in Denzel Washington's face because the guy's a genius when it comes to acting. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> the realization of the bullshit he's been doing all his life yeah. means nothing. And here he is picking. It's like, it's like, you know, the people that pick on the other, the other people that have things that they want, they pick on the people they're envious of, right. you know? And there's not even he's, en- uh-huh. he's envious of hold, having an education, being able to read and all this other stuff mm-hmm. and, and growing up in Boston and, and whatnot and living with the, with the white folk. And, you know, he's, he, he's envious of all this stuff, but instead of understanding, he jumps on them, tries to belittle them. Yeah, yeah. but he jumps on everybody. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he's a tough guy mentality. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to fight because I want to fight. I'm angry. And I'm going to exude my anger upon whoever is in front of me. But he doesn't know exactly where that anger is coming from yeah it's just straight out anger for everything not understanding what he's actually angry at or who he's angry at yeah all right uh one final thing uh this is kind of uh, one of my spoilers goggles moments uh during the last scene when they're attacking uh fort wagner and they get to the they finally overtake one of the hills where the cannons were that they were firing firing on them earlier. This is the only this is I think it's the only moment where my spoilers goggles kicked in full blast. You have reached the cliff where the cannons are. Take those cannons, turn them around and start firing on the bastards that are lighting you up as well. Once they reached the hill where the cannons were, they could have easily turned the cannons around and started returning fire and then maybe got a little bit more of a foot up. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I understand how you're thinking about that, but they didn't know what was inside the middle of the fort. They thought once they breached the top there and they got their numbers in there, they didn't realize what was waiting for them on the inside. They thought we got to the top. We overpowered all these guys on this ridge. Let's go. You know, the adrenaline, the excitement and everything. We did it. Let's go. Overtook them. That's why you see the look of surprise on their face when they get to that portion of the fort. And they got this, oh, fuck, (laughs) look on their face. And then the two cannons fire off. And then that's the end of that scene. Yeah. Um, Because the excitement of actually overtaking that they actually got into the fort let's be honest i don't think any of these guys thought they were going to get that far it's very possible yeah you know i'm pretty sure they knew all right we're all gonna die but we're gonna die fighting and then when they saw colonel shaw fall because he was the one who got up and said no let's go charge blah 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 and they saw him fall and die that's when they're like, oh fuck, this guy's willing to die for us. Right. He, he, we got to show him the same respect. Right. It was yeah. nice. I, I feel like 
like there's a lot of things I have gripes with, not about the story because the story was immaculate. Um, the characterization we're talking about, like um, Inspector Gadget, he's do- <laughs> I understand the fact that his expressions, his feelings didn't portray as well as you'd hope them to do. But my gripes have always been about the technicality of war. Okay. Like, first off, in the very beginning of the film, you see the cannons explode. Cannons don't explode. Right. Cannons, and <laughs> the only time they explode is when the cannons, uh, there's, a, there's a crack or there's something that's going wrong. And it's impl- it basically self did it at nature, something like that. Or if it hits a barrel of gunpowder. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, which I doubt that will. I don't think that would fix it. Anyways. No, but anyways, <laughs> um, the major my major gripe was that in the type of tactile training, you do not put the cannons that close to the enemy cannons. Oh, right. To fire. Yep. They're me- they're meant to hit from a, a far distance and keep on firing because of the amount of slow time it takes to load. So. Having them explode that quickly means that either A, they decided to move their cannons too close, which I doubt that they would have, or something is severely went wrong with the cannons, which I doubt. I really doubt, considering <laughs> yeah. how thick those things were. And then um, <laughs> and then I was looking at it, and I said, like, these people, when they fired in the very beginning, they it, it didn't, there was no aiming. Mm-hmm. There was no aiming with these guns. You could not aim with them. Right? When did when did rifling even come into play? This is 1863. When was rifling invented? Yeah, well, if, back then I don't think rifles were very accurate in the first place. Well, that's that's before rifling. Rifling caused accuracy. Oh. Because what it would do is it would spin the ball or if it was a ball because in revolutionary times it was a ball, mm-hmm. but this is not a revolution, it's a civil war. So let me just double check, but I believe that uh, the rifling allows you to aim, but before that, there was no chance in hell you could aim those things. That was another thing that Annie had a problem with the movie. It's like, why are they well, getting in lines and fighting that way? <laughs> like, well, that's how they used to fight back then. <laughs> fighting and war back in, in olden times was very proper, which is a horrible way <laughs> to fight. That's that's how the art of war was back then. I know. I mean, you didn't have helicopters and airplanes <laughs> and tanks and and guerrilla, that's why they changed it to guerrilla warfare. And now it's strategic warfare. And you got the SEAL team that goes in there under the cover of night. Yes. You have no idea they're fucking there until you're fucked. It's so, such, you know, a, it's such mean, a weird yeah. it's such a weird thing. All right, let's line up. All right, uh, flip a coin. All right, we fire first. All right, then you fire. Cool. All right, <laughs> everybody fire. Okay. Okay. While they're reloading, yeah, you fire. Okay. Check this out, all right? It's like a mass right. duel. Right. Yeah. Okay, rifling was invented in Germany in 1498. Oh. Uh, when was – but I don't think it was fully, like, used for a while. Uh, let's see here. It's showing – well, basically what it's showing is uh, American Civil War, there was rifling. 1861, 1865, so it was right in the middle of it. Colt Army, Navy, Polar Revolvers employed game-twist rifling. So they did have rifling. Therefore – during the Civil War, having them stand in a row like that to fire was not considered accurate. All right. 
but I, I don't know. Like I, said, double, I, I need to double check. Yeah, the, the whole war parts of this movie were kind of just background. It was more about I the mean, color I, characters. I think it be con- it could be considered accurate because maybe they didn't understand rifling. Yeah. Okay. So basically, said that the reason why just was like because right it was now? all in their <laughs> rifles. It was in their Colt Army Navy revolvers. The revolvers had rifling. Hmm. Uh, the muskets well, didn't. The muskets did not have rifling, Wait, so they're on. correct about that. Okay. The, the revolvers Next. had rifling, but the rifles did not have rifling. Yes. Is that what you're saying? They were muskets, not rifling. They weren't rifles. They were yeah. muskets. Oh, okay. So the revolvers, right. uh, they had revolvering. The muskets did not have musketing. No, the revolvers <laughs> had rifling, but the muskets did not. <laughs> okay. All right, let's move on. Anything else you want to say about the movie before we move on to the rest of the game? We started what? The games. Did, did I just I just want to know did 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 I do good? You did good. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I I, I corresponded wow. with you, and I was kind of worried, and I didn't know if you guys have seen this movie, and I figured, you know, it's such a, to me, it's such a great movie. It's such a touching, moving movie, mm-hmm. and it's relevant in a way to what's going on in society nowadays, and. You know, I just was like, you know what? We need to realize that we're all people. Yeah. Wow. What What I will say is what this movie did, uh, and actually not the movie so much as as much as our conversations did, it, it kind of gave me extra perspective on things. Uh, as as we were talking about the I can't put myself in their shoes, and but then finding a way to connect the dots, th- there's a lot here that needs to be realized that I am realizing now, I guess. The strength of their convictions is is pretty amazing, and being able to connect my convictions to their convictions now, it's making it a lot more clear. And that's what I think a lot of, uh, as we talked about earlier, problem society. We need to be able to find these connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though I couldn't make them earlier, it doesn't mean that I in any way put down the plight that they have. I just couldn't frame it in my frame of reference. Mm-hmm, and now mm-hmm. that I can, it's yeah. It's it's fucking powerful, and I, I want I want to do more. I want to help more with things. Yeah, I lost where I was going with this. Anyway, so those are our opinions of the movies. But like I said, at the top of the show, we have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Let's hear from people who actually have credentials: the critics and the audience. We're gonna start. I thought this movie was great. I have my own credentials. Okay, very good. Let's start with the good reviews. This is from from the top critics. Top critics. critics. We're doing critics first. Yeah. So oh, fantastic. We're about to play the Rotten Tomatoes game, which, by the way, if you have not played before, is an average score on Rotten Tomatoes from 0 to 100. 0 to 59 is rotten, 60 to 84 is fresh, 85 and up is certified fresh. What do you want to guess first? Nope. I'm choosing for Brilliant. you. We're doing the critics Aww. first. All right, so I'm going to give you critics' reviews, good and bad, and then you decide what the critics' score is. Good reviews is from Richard Schickel from Time Magazine. It is the movie's often awesome imagery, imagery, mm. imagery, <laughs> and a bravely soaring choral score by James Horner that transfigured the reality, granting its status of necessary myth. Who taught you to spoke? Did uh, you just say necessary? Necessary. Mm. That was a weird one. All right, here's variety. Imagery. This is <laughs> this is the variety staff. Ah, oh, mistake. From Variety. A stirring and long overdue tribute to the black soldiers who fought for the Union cause in the Civil War. 
All right. Bad reviews from the top critics. Peter Travers from Rolling Stones. Matthew Broderick is catastrophically miscast as Shaw. That's what I've been saying the whole time. And that is the only bad review by a top critic. Mm. <laughs> so, based on those reviews, based on your watching of the movie, what do you think the top critics gave this movie on the tomato meter? Based on my feelings and my bias towards this movie, which is why I picked it, I'm going to say 91. All right, Mishra. I would say 80. 80. All right. The tomato meter is 93. Certified fresh with the top critics. Woo-woo, they believed in me. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do bad reviews from the audience now. We'll start with the bad and with the good. Bad reviews from the audience. This is Will A. I'm sorry. I've just never been the biggest fan of war movies to begin with. And this felt like just another bland one. Nothing about it truly stands out, except perhaps Morgan Freeman's character. What movie was this guy watching? <laughs> Are you freaking serious? Yeah. He's racist. Okay. Racist Will A. Here we, another bad review from Ryan W. Denzel may have been Oscar winning, but Matthew Broderick, as usual, was horrible. <laughs> Stiff as a board with... A lovely New England accent? Let's understand this time frame. The Civil War was fought to the end, was fought to end the economic power slavery provided the South to maintain the Union and for a few to abolish the institution of slavery. There were a few extremists at the time who favored 100% equality of the two races. But for the 99% on either side, there was never any thought that the black race was on any level with the white race, regardless of how appealing that concept may be to folks today, those who aren't students of the period and Hollywood writers. So you're telling me that Colonel Robert Shaw couldn't have been part of that 1%? I don't know. This guy seems to have a, uh, a bias here. Yeah. He's racist, too. All right. <laughs> Is that the thing? If you like the movie, you're racist. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. a little bit racist. It's Sounds, true. It's true. Avenue <laughs> uh, Q is fantastic. Oh, are we doing that movie next? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Good reviews from the audience. This is from Michael C. As we know, there are not many movies about the Civil War. However, it can be safely said that Glory is without a doubt the best film on the subject, not only today, but ever. Matthew Broderick, Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman, and Carrie Ellis all give the best performances of their careers in this stunning and inspirational film. Right. I would agree. No matter what you think about Matthew Broderick's uh, acting in this movie, it probably was his best role. <laughs> <laughs> I like them much more in The Producers. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but that just – and not in a serious role though. No. I don't think I can watch him in a serious role. As, as not, evidenced I don't by think my, you could not watch. Not. And that's that. And that's the thing. Like Jim Carrey, it's hard to watch Jim Carrey in a serious role. Strong disagree. Strongly disagree. Have you seen? The, was it number twenty three? Uh, I haven't even finished the first twenty two. Okay, <laughs> seriously. That's a that's a good one. I okay. Anyway, here's from Robert D. Oh. 
see, the first one was uh, Michael C., which I, in my mind, said, oh, Michael Caine. And here's Robert D., Robert D. Nero. Uh, it's not. These are the... Okay, you're right. I'll move on. Michael I never, Caine. <laughs> I never tire of seeing this film. With Matthew Broderick, Morgan Freeman, in his first major role, age 52. Oh, is that true? This is the first Morgan Freeman role? Anyway. And Denzel Washington. In a prophetic letter to his mother, Robert Gould writes to his mother, We are fighting for men and women whose poetry has not yet been written, but will soon be as renowned by any. As renowned? Renowned. Renowned. Oh, you spelled this wrong. That's not my fault. (laughs) Gould died before the birth of E.E. Cummings. Okay. I'm assuming that's an author of some kind. You got to read, buddy. I don't understand. I'm trying to read. You, you see how horrible I'm reading right now. This is why okay, I don't I said, practice, practice, practice. <laughs> I got books. All right. I don't know what those are. Uh, so those are the reviews from the audience. What how about comics? What do you think? I, I have. I, I do read comics. Lots of pictures. We, Little reading. We can start there. Okay. I've I read most of Deadpool. All right. <laughs> audience. What do you think the audience review, uh, the rating on Rotten Tomatoes is for this movie? Mmm. Ah, this is going to be difficult because they're not impartial. And I feel like anyone can write, including people that would choose certain things. I would say... Usually people that write that aren't critics are usually people who are disappointed. Yeah. I would say at least a 10% difference. Okay. So you said ninety. What was the was the was the critics? ninety three? Ninety three was the tomato meter. Well, I'm gonna go for an even eighty. All right. Cowboy. That's what you said last time. Yep. <laughs> um, I don't think it's that dramatic of a drop. Um, I'm gonna say eighty eight because uh, you know, um, Back to the Future, eighty eight miles an hour. Uh, no. oh, I see. So you're not. So you're using complete. <laughs> un- I mean, I, if I, if I want to go on based on what I think, which I did for the critics, which kind of worked out, but I'm not going to sit there. You know, I mean, uh, obviously, looking. At, I don't know. See, now I'm overthinking this shit. Yeah. And now you know what? Um, I'm going to say 88. Oh, okay. That's a big change from my first <laughs> guess. Uh, the audience rated this movie at. Ninety-three percent as well. Wow! Exactly the same as the critics. So that means that this movie transcends that of a job of criticism. Yeah, and the the bad reviews that I found for the audience, I had to go back several years to find this. Oh. And I think I, I think to be quite honest with you, the the only bad reviews that you had were not of the movie. It was Matthew Broderick. And I can't say that they're wrong. But <laughs> the thing is, though, is like, honestly, I can't stand Nicolas Cage, but I love National Treasure. All right. Everybody has everybody has a Cage movie they stand behind. Yeah. So, I mean. Although I stand just behind because, uh, just because, ju- But seriously, <laughs> seriously, though, just because they can't stand the way Matthew Broderick portrayed or, or acted um, in this movie doesn't mean they didn't like the movie. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I love this movie, but I could not get past Matthew Broderick. He, he was it the smile he got it. from the shoes. No, it, it was it was it wasn't enough to ruin the entire movie, but it was enough to take it out of greatness for me. 
Like, I still think it was a very good movie, and I enjoyed the movie. I'm not sure if I'll watch it again because of Broderick, or the unbelievability of his character, but... Would, well, don't you think that maybe the film would be worth watching even with Roderick, Roderick as the cat, one of the cast members? Because, yeah, he may be the person like writing, I guess those those memoirs or whatever else have you. Mm-hmm. But the the focal point is not really about him. But it's a very very important role. True. Okay, you're telling me you're telling me um, you wouldn't have um, your daughter watch this movie in hopes of you know giving her a perspective oh no for sure I, I'm saying for me so I, you will I, watch it. I can't get past Broderick I'm, I'm not but gonna, you, would you not watch it with her no I, I would not discourage anybody from watching this movie because of that because that's just me analyzing this actor and the way he portrayed it and seeing faults in it it, it doesn't take away from the movie as a whole it just it's a thing for me. That's all. I get, I get you. And I think quite possibly that he was casted because he looked so much. Yep. Like Robert Goldshaw. Agreed. Well, speaking of, uh, recasting Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this movie. We like, <laughs> we like to play this game. Uh, I would take Paul Giamatti or Gary Oldman in <laughs> slot of Broderick. More, I uh, I'm leaning more toward Oldman, but I think Jumati would have done a better job still. I think so too. I think Jumati would have done a much better job as playing Shaw. I, I agree with you guys, but I would still pick Oldman because I think he'd be able to look more like it and still do a better job than Broderick. Yeah. So it's a plus plus there. O- Oldman so, has a more transformative quality about him that he can go in any role. So he can very yes. easily. And I, I think if Oldman was in this movie, the facial reactions that he had, I would get right away and understand what he was feeling. Instead of Broderick, I was confused about. Even Giamatti, I think, could do a better job. Uh, but if if I did put Oldman as Paul Giamatti, as uh, as Shaw, then Paul Giamatti would have to be the uh, the leader of the other black uh, uh, regiment. Regiment, yeah. I would I would put it the other way around, man. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. That would be a toy cost. Uh, a coin, a toy, toy cost. Yeah. Toy cost. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to have a drink. All right. <laughs> now it's time for trivia. My favorite part of the entire show. Mine too. This is the part of the show where I give you guys little bits of facts or information you may not know about the movie. This movie had a lot of Civil War reenactors in it. Yes, it did. I heard that the majority of the people that reenacted in the Civil War were taken from shots of other reenactments. Oh, I don't know about that. But I will tell you that the reenactors in this film volunteered and were not paid to be in this movie. That's pretty cool. Uh, Edward Zwick claimed that the flogging scene, Denzel Washington was lashed at full contact with a special whip that would not cut his back but still stung. For the final take of the scene, Zwick insisted to call cut to signal the flogging to stop, and the result was Washington's spontaneous tear down the cheek. Hot damn. That's commitment. Holy Christ. This one was sad for me. 
The majority of Carrie Elwes' scenes were cut from the film. Why? I know. I want, he was one of the best parts of the movie for me. I enjoy him. I, I wanted to see more of him than Broderick. I wanted to see because he was the voice of reason the entire movie. Yeah. I want to see more of his voice of reason. All right. I want to see more. I mean, honestly, in all the films he's been in, I want to see more of them all together. Right? Yeah. All right. Uh, Matthew Broderick claimed that the battle scenes did not require much acting because he was genuinely afraid of the extremely loud explosions on set. <laughs> Fair. According to Edward Zwick, the director, Matthew Broderick and Carrie Elwes did not get along during the filming. Oh. That leads me to believe that Broderick is a dick. Because oh. <laughs> as much as I've seen uh, interviews and actual real life things of Carrie Elwes, he's he's a delight. And if you don't like him, there's something wrong with you internally. And that maybe me reading into it because I didn't like Broderick in this film. I don't know. Maybe there's something <laughs> wrong with you internally because he doesn't read. What does that mean? What's that? He doesn't read. You <laughs> can't read into anything. I'm very well readified. <laughs> Uh, last one. <laughs> Edward Zick was initially apprehensive about how the African American cast would feel about a young white Jewish director telling a crucial part of their history. He found that the cast was very affable and good humored towards him. Some were grateful that he was brave enough to tackle the subjects. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this movie came out in 1989. In 1992, you had the L.A. riots, the mm. Rodney King. And so I, I I don't question the validity of making this movie at that time, especially after some of the other programs that I've seen recently. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't see it, it an issue with making this movie to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think us as people and as Americans need to dive more into the story. Yes, there's a lot more things that we I think should be explored uh, in in the black community, especially. But I understand him as a non-black person in the same way that me as a non-black person, I feel weird speaking out for the black people as far as what what they're feeling, what their rights are, because. Like I was saying this entire podcast, I, I, I can never start to fathom the feelings they have. So for me to speak out for them, it feels disingenuous. I, I think it would be better if, if they spoke out for themselves and we help get that message out. Because I, I don't want in any way for it to seem like, yeah, as is me, not, I don't understand, but here's how you should feel. That, that seems douchey. I think you're on the right path. And I would have to say that maybe what we need to do more of is listen. Absolutely. Understand, have conversation, Mm -hmm. get to know some of these, you know, people that are having such a hard time with it or are having this, uh, emotional anguish with what's going on. And maybe that would help us better understand what we can do as individuals to stop it. Right. So we can eventually get to the Star Trek world where we're all one race or all one federation and all one jumpsuit, different colors, but fine. Yeah. Well, you know, 
I mean, come on. I mean, you think about it. Um, Counselor Troy, she wore all kinds of stuff, you know. <laughs> what, was she part of the Federation? Eh, she was. She, she was a Federation uh, counselor, but she, she happened to be Betazoid, but, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that part. I mean, like, you remember, like, in the, the Lethal Weapon film, and the psychiatrist was part of the police force, but wasn't? <laughs> well, you think about it. You, you you think about it, though. But in in Star Trek, you know, the doctors—they're part of the Federation, but they didn't go to the academy. They didn't. I thought they did. No, no. You only go to the academy if you want to be an officer. Mm. Damn it, Jim! I'm an officer, not a doctor. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a doctor, not a pool guy. <laughs> I mean, whatever. That was Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Money makes the world go round. Let's put this film into perspective with other films that released this year so we get a feel financially how it held up to its peers. The estimated budget for this film was $18 million. Oh, damn. There is no foreign box office for this movie, FYI. There should be. There should be. So this is purely U.S. gross. What did this gross in the United States at the box office? Ooh. You said estimated eighteen million. Yes, the figures. You couldn't uh, find actual numbers. Uh, according to IMDb, it's eighteen million estimated. Box office Was Mojo has nineteen eighty nine. So long ago, or what? Maybe they weren't uh, keeping track of these kinds of things. Or maybe they just didn't say the exact amount because it's in the box office, the box of eighteen million. But it's like let's say eighteen five hundred thousand. Blah 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 blah. Thirty five. Yes, go with that. Yes, let's go with that. Blah 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 blah. Rabble, 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 rabble. Rattle, 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 rattle. 18 million was the estimated budget. What do you think this grossed in the U.S.? Ooh. 1989. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I fear it's lower than what you think because... Inflation? No. Um, I fear it's lower than what you think because... I don't think a lot of people um, it paid as much attention to this. Right. If you remember and, at the beginning, uh, this is the first time that Major and I had ever heard of this movie. Exactly. I, I'm going to say 24. Okay. Well, it's pretty low. I'm going to go for 80. All right. Cowboy, you get the gold medal for today. What? Winning every huh? single competition. The U.S. gross was $27 million. Wow. I knew it was going to be low just because it was too controversial for people to. It flew under the radar. I think that's yeah. the problem. And, and, and by the way, great pick for a movie because the whole thing was I wanted to pick movies that were flew under the radar. People didn't yeah. know about that they should know about, and this is a perfect movie for that category. And I thought you guys knew about this movie. I didn't know. I mean, no. This has been one of my favorite movies since it's came out. Since it's come out, that's amazing. We knew about it. All right, this film debuted debuted on December fourteenth, nineteen eighty nine, with sixty three point seven thousand dollars. Not very big, but this also came at the end of the year. So this was the 193rd highest-grossing film of 1989. But because it came out on December 14th, it didn't make a lot of money in the first couple of weeks. This was the 48th highest-grossing movie of 1990. So 
Number one, in the year 1990, what do you think that movie was? Any guesses? 1990. Is it the Back to the Future? It was nuts. <laughs> I said one of them. <laughs> uh, this is before. Not, this is before. Here's a major hint. Here's uh, what? Here's a major hint. One of the stars of this movie was also in Star Trek. She played a bartender. Oh, sister act. No. <laughs> no, she was a singer. That was a singer. Was a singer. Oh, ghost. 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 It is Ghost. Yes. Ah. It is Whoopi Goldberg as Ghost. <laughs> not as Ghost. In Ghost. Yes. In Patrick Ghost, Swayze. not as Ghost. Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. And Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. Oh, yeah. my love. <laughs> Such a great movie. Hey, Adam. Yeah. You want to make some pottery? <laughs> <laughs> You know what's weird is I, I saw the, the lighting. <laughs> I saw that movie recently with Annie, maybe about two months ago, and within a week of us watching that movie, uh, on a random acts of tangent, I interviewed a medium, and she was saying that Ghost was mostly accurate. <laughs> it was a interesting podcast. It was mostly accurate. Yeah, as, I asked her one of the questions was as far as movies go, what most accurately portrays the world of the mediums, and she said Ghost was the one. So, interesting podcast to listen to. Go back to Random Back to Tangent. It was Kay Reynolds if you want to check that one out. Anyway, uh, that was just fun times. The, 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 the one scene in Ghost that I remember is when uh, she got possessed because they were doing the little seance thing. Yeah. She's, damn, Ma, what do you do to your hair? <laughs> it's Sunrise Autumn. autumn. It's do you autumn like summer. it? <laughs> yeah. That was the only part about ghosts. She said, "Doesn't happen in real in real world with with mediums." <laughs> I was like, "Ah, oh, that was fun though." Anyway, <laughs> check out the podcast. It was fun, good times. Anyway, that was 1989's Glory, directed by Edward Zwick. Check out our website, RatPackPodcast.com/slash/spoilers for everything we do. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoiler Show. Check out, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email, spoilers at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, or movie requests. Also, rate and review the show. Rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Any review you give us with a recommendation goes to the top of our list and we'll watch it before any other movie. Next week, it's Maestro's <laughs> pick. As you can tell by the sinister laugh, this is going to be interesting. He brought this yeah. up to us right before we started recording, and uh, Cowboy and I have never heard of this movie. I have a feeling it's going to be a different vibe than Glory. <laughs> 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 it's called Falcon Rising, and it stars Spawn. <laughs> Is this a porno and somebody calls their penis Falcon? <laughs> no. You know I don't watch that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, it has Spawn, <laughs> the, the main bad guy in Spawn, which to me is he's, he's amazing. He's, he's a very... John Guziamo? No. I don't the main know. bad guy in Spawn is no, John Guziamo. The, the main guy in Spawn, not the main bad guy. Oh, I heard main bad Wait, guy. What was the name again? Bad hold guy. On, hold you on. did say main bad guy, by the way, just to back make okay. sure. All right. uh, just to back up some more. What is his name, the main bad guy in Spawn? John Guziamo. <laughs> John Leguizamo. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm doing it phonetically, right? All right. I don't know. You're doing it some way. Uh, so check out that movie for Was next time. Was he a too long fool? 
Thanks for everything. All right. Until next time, I'm Adam. I'm Cowboy. And I... Yay! Maestro Liguaziamo. What? <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.